Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 298. So that idea about gentle pressure all the time, I think acknowledges that I as the boss, frankly, I have pressures that other people do not see. I need to be sure that that doesn't get into my feedback to my 40 people. It doesn't belong there. It is not their pressure. It's mine. And I chose it. My job is to help develop my people, right? Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Are you opening a restaurant and stressing out with where to start? Or perhaps you've already opened your restaurant and you're finding yourself completely overwhelmed with the day-to-day task that only you know how to do. If you feel this way, I've got good news. You don't have to do it alone, nor should you regain control of your business and your life with restaurantowner.com. And if you go to restaurantowner.com slash unstoppable, you will get a 10-day pass for only $1. Get on it. Hiring a consultant to train your staff and to improve your restaurant can be expensive. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could just get advice from world champion baristas and leading restaurant consultants without spending thousands of dollars? Tipsy believes you should have the chance to learn new skills whenever you need to, which is why they have hundreds of hospitality courses available for only $9 a month. To give you a little something extra, as a restaurant unstoppable listener, you can also get 50% off your first month. All you gotta do is Click the tipsy banner in the show notes. Get on it. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Tom Henschel. Tom, I know the answer, but you got to tell us anyway. Are you feeling unstoppable today? I am so unstoppable today. Oh, yeah, you are, man. <laughs> so Tom Henschel is the president and founder of the executive development firm Essential Communications and the host of the Look and Sound of Leadership podcast, which I have just recently started listening to, man. You are crushing it. I'm loving your podcast. I uh, can't, w- <laughs> can't wait to learn more about who you are and uh, how you got to where you are today. Uh, but first, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us? Two things you got to do every day. Be good at tasks, be good at relationships. Ooh, be good at tasks, be good at relationships. And why does that mantra just sing to you? Why is that so important? Because the bitch of it is that we're not equal in in both. Mm-hmm. So I think since like junior high school, we probably know we're better at one, better at the other. But to be really effective in the workplace especially – you have to be good at both, and it's hard. It means you have to do some development. Absolutely, and not just you know finding out where you are good. For for example, I love people. I could, I love making people happy. I love connecting with people. I love attuning to people. But um, I could use somebody to help me with the structure side of things. I'm very much in the clouds. I'm always dreaming, always thinking, always visioning. But I can't always build those visions. So if, know what lane you belong in and then find somebody who can help you with where you're not strong is a huge lesson I've learned in this podcast. Amen. I'm with, I'm with you, Eric. I, that <laughs> you don't have to do it all yourself. However, you still need to be kind of bringing up that other side that's mm-hmm. less developed. Yeah, and be willing to admit that you're not amazing at everything. Uh, the sooner <laughs> you do, the, the happier you'll be. And this is a great way to start the podcast off. So uh, tell the listeners a little bit more about you. I gave a real brief introduction, but uh, who are you? How did you get to where you are today? And what, what makes you somebody we should be listening to? So I run this executive development firm. So I am an executive coach, and I work mostly in the corporate sector, publicly traded companies with senior level executives, and I work with them one-on-one for six months or a year on a development issue. That's my second career. Okay. So I've been doing this for a little over 20 years. My first career was as a professional actor. I was trained at the Juilliard School a long, 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 long time ago and made my living in theater and television until I was in my mid-40s. Mm. And I did that. So – and. So there you go. That's, that that's a little ex- short story. <laughs> which explains why your podcast is so good, man. Because 
I, your podcast is probably the first podcast I listen to where the host gets into characters and you tell a whole story uh, using real life situations uh, and then you like playing all the different characters and then you break it down afterwards. Um, I've only listened to three of your podcasts so far, but man, I have subscribed and I can't wait to dive into more. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's great stuff. So uh, we're here to talk about turnover. Uh, one of the questions mm. I ask on the show, Tom, is what is your biggest challenge and how are you dealing with it? And by far, that biggest challenge is the high turnover in the restaurant industry. It's 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 crippling sometimes, and it seems to be worse now than ever before. So um, we're going to pick your head, your mind, and we're really going to start, you know, just discussing with you know the things we can do to solve that pain to things we can do with ourselves to attract better people onto ourselves i'm sure it will come up too but um what's just one thing that comes to your mind when i when i say turnover like where do you want to start this conversation so here's where i want to start you know what the gallup organization is right this is uh, an organization that's been Asking people, they started by asking people in the workplace about their work back in the 1930s. Okay. So they've got decades and decades of data about what makes effective workplaces, what make workers happy, all that stuff. And they have found consistently for all these decades that people who can answer the following three questions with a yes, they're happier, they're more productive, and they stay in their jobs longer. So what are the three questions? Do you have a best friend at work? Yes or no? Do you do something every day that you love at work? And does your boss have your back? Mm. And when people can answer all three of those as yes, they tend to be more productive, more effective, happier in their work, more job satisfaction. Now, as the head of the restaurant, you can only do two of those, right? Like you can't, you can't be sure that they're going to have a best friend, mm -hmm. right? You have no influence. But you can help them do something they love every day, and you sure can help them feel like the boss has their back. Mm, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, right away I'm thinking of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, of just tapping into those higher needs. Great book, Peak, written by Chip Connolly, uh, if you want to learn more about the, the importance of higher needs. So, um I mean, we can't focus on being their best friend, but how can we make people love work? What things can we do to make people love work? Well, here's where I think, especially in the restaurant industry, I think you get into a challenge, but it's true for my clients too. Again, you had a picture. I'm used to talking to senior executives who've got big profit and loss sheets and you know big teams and global responsibilities, and they're all working 60 hours a week and they're all stressed out. And their challenge is time. And when I say to them, hey, look, you got to be good at task and good at relationship, most of the people I work with are high in task and lower in relationships. They're not dreadful. They're not, you know, leaving dead bodies, but they're not as good. And one of the things that we always get to is, why aren't you working on your relationships? And the answer is time. Mm. Time's a problem. And I think in the restaurant business, that's true too, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, time is a problem. So if I said to you, if you were running a restaurant, hey, look, just take some time to talk to your people. Find out what they love to do. Talk to your people so they feel like you've got their back. I frankly think that's a challenge just to get started. Oh, absolutely. It's a challenge. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, so what can we do, in your opinion, to gain time? Oh, man. Well, I, I, I think you have to build it in. I think you have to be planful. Mm -hmm. It ain't going to happen by accident. So you have to decide you're going to do something differently. And it depends on, again, I know that some people call meetings beforehand, before work starts, there's going to be a meeting and nobody's going to sit down and we're just going to do, you know, 10 minutes standing up in this meeting. There's a, a lot of different ways to do that. And I must be honest with you, Eric, I'm not a productivity expert. I'm not a time management expert, but I, what I do know is you have to be planful. You have to make the decision to do it or to make a, make a decision to do one-on-one -on -one meetings. Now, in the corporate world, one-on-ones tend to be scheduled. Not everybody does them, but a lot of times they're on the calendar and I'm going to meet with you. You're my boss. I'm going to meet with you for 60 minutes every other week. And it's, you know, we're not going to cancel those. We're going to keep them. I think for every restaurant owner, they're going to find a different way to do it. But here's the question. If you wanted to either find out what I love to do every day, or if you want me to know that you have my back, 
what conversations are you going to have? And I don't think these need to be a 60-minute conversations. I don't. Mm -hmm. But the questions are, I mean, really, how would you find out what I love to do every day? Ask, <laughs> you know, to yeah, talk. Right, and you, right. Yeah, man, I can't remember who the guest was, but they put such huge emphasis on just making time, not just for everybody, but uh, each individual person at once, like whether it's once a quarter or twice or once every half a year, twice a year, whatever you want to say. But um, just taking the time to really get to know your people and to learn them. Um, I mean, I, th I think uh, that alone, I mean, that, that doesn't only just get them to love work, but now they also know that you have their back because you're, you're showing that you're invested in them and your people. Um, some great stuff here. Um, what about, Oh, you said something I really wanted to dive into love work. Okay. The importance of having the job be more than just a paycheck. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know where I'm I headed? Do. At? So where do you think I'm going? I'm, I'm curious. Finish what well, I'm thinking. Well, I think it connects to this idea of people doing what they love, right? Yep. That if I'm doing something I really love, it's what you and I talked about a little bit this morning before we started mm -hmm. recording was this idea of, hey, if you're doing something you love, it doesn't feel like work, even if you're putting in 15-hour days, mm -hmm. right? It, it's energizing. Look, I, I would ask if you're running the restaurant and you're looking around, I'll bet you can tell whether I'm doing something I like. I'm going to have a different energy or I actually just do something easier, faster, better, or I have ideas about it. I, you can probably just observe me and tell, hey, you like doing that thing. I'm going to give you more of that. Mm. So just pay attention. I love it. Pay attention. Um, and one thing that I've just, I, I agree with you. Absolutely. Pay attention. Um, sometimes we just pay attention to when people light up or what they're good at. Not only will they be much happier in the work they're doing, but our business is going to get ahead because now we're leveraging this talent, this passion, this strength that this person had simply because we listened and we paid attention to where they glow and what, what they're good at. Um, you, you owe it to them. You owe it to yourself. Any reflections on what I just shared? Yeah. So let's let's take that to a conversation. Let's imagine that you've got somebody who's hard to read and you're looking at them. Well, hold on. Let me just start with the basic, which is don't forget to look. Because, mm. again, I think when you're really task oriented, you're not looking at your people. You're looking at the tasks. Right. So if you're balancing task and relationship, look at your people. Mm -hmm. If you find someone who's hard to read, you might go to them and say, are you, are you liking your work and what about your work do you like and what's really turning you on? What's jazzing you? And you know what? A lot of people actually don't know. They don't think that way. So if I'm managing you, I'm the boss. One of the things I could give you as homework is find out. Hey, listen, Eric, I understand that today you're, you're not sure what you love at the job. I, I get that. That's yeah. fine. But you and I are going to have this conversation two weeks from today. I'm going to talk to you again. And your job between now and then Find out what you like doing here. Find out what you do like and you don't like. That's your job. Do your homework on yourself. <laughs> I, I do, right? man. I love it so much. Uh, you're on a roll and you're touching on something right now, uh, which I, I believe as I develop as a professional myself, as I learn about myself, um, you know, one of the things I love about this industry, one of the things I think is so great about the restaurant industry is that we get the opportunity to work with so many young people, uh, people who many times this is their first job ever. They don't, they don't have a clue who right. the hell they are <laughs> or what even a job is. And some people are sh really short with that whole idea. But I think it's amazing because what better role in life is there to be a mentor and to help people figure it out? Um, any reflection on that? Yeah. I mean – Listen, some people love to develop people, right? Mm -hmm. Some people just want someone to drop in and just do it and shut up and get the work done. Here again, task and relationship, you got to be doing both. So when you have young people, I think it is likely they actually don't know. They don't know if they're just supposed to show up and please the boss. Like, mm -hmm. I'll do whatever you say. It's okay. And they don't know whether they're happy or not. They, they don't know what pleases them. And you could give them that as an assignment. Find out where that spark is. And boy, wouldn't that make me start to think, oh, he does have my back. He does have my best interest at heart. Dude, I'm thinking of uh, uh, Collins, um, Jim Collins. Right. Uh, the whole, the whole I don't, can't remember which book. Maybe it was Good to Great or uh, Great by Choice. I can't remember, 
remember which book, but he's talking about getting people on the bus, right? Good and to great. Good to great. And he's uh, talking about not just getting the right people on the bus, but what we're talking about right now is putting them in the right seat. Um, and yes. the best part is you get to play the game of these kids don't know what seat to sit in because they don't know themselves yet, but you get to observe them, uh, show like pay attention. This is what we're talking about. Pay attention to your people, put them in different seats of the, on the bus and find out where they excel. And, um, I mean, that to me is so much fun. And are you doing this in your restaurants? Honestly, ask yourself, are you doing this in your restaurant? Or are you just putting people into the system and just looking the other way because you're doing yourself a just a just justice? So let me be devil's advocate on that okay. one. So let's pretend that I've got, you know, three people who started off fairly recently and I'm going to, quote, rotate them, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give them a chance to try this. I'm going to give them a chance to try that. Every time they rotate – their productivity goes down and everybody's productivity goes down, right? Everything slows down because we've got new kids in new seats on the bus. Mm -hmm. I think that's a challenge. So then my question is, does everybody understand that that's a natural kind of accordion? It's an expansion and contraction Mm -hmm. that's natural. And can I get my senior players to help? Mm. Now I, as the leader, have to be talking about my vision. Okay. This is something I'm doing intentionally. It's not because it's broken. It's not a problem. Everybody's got to pitch in because this is going to make us all better. It is like you know building our farm team. This is a good thing. But if you just do it like, oh, well, you know, Jennifer was over here, but now she's at this station this week. And people are going, she's an idiot. She doesn't know what she's doing. And get out of my way. And they're not helping her. Well, now that's not a good system. Mm. I, as the boss, have to, again, take the time to say to people, there's a plan here. You are part of the plan. Jennifer is going to be moving around for the next month. We want to find Jennifer. You know, we want to find her seat on the bus just like we found yours. You have to take the time to do it. And by the way, that could be a 10-minute stand-up meeting. Mm-hmm. And I think just taking the time to communicate to your team that you know there is a, a method behind your madness. And you know, at one time, you were that new guy who sucked and we were all there for you and it's a part of like you say like the system or the natural uh, life cycle of the accordion of you know it's never amazing all amazing at one time maybe for a short period but then it starts to contract again and it gets that those rough times when you have turnover but it's all part of it and it's our job to bring up the next wave the next generation of people that will be working here i love it man um great so can i go one more on that oh please so I think one of the things that happens every day, if I'm the boss, every day when I walk in, I'm going to be doing the work, right? I'm going to be pitching in and doing whatever I do. That's my job. But also, I'm setting the tone. Mm. I often say, look, if you're the boss, you're the dad. So if somebody spills something and you blow off the top and you're throwing pots and you're pissed and yelling and screaming, that's the culture. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going to say whether it's good or bad, but I am saying you're telling me what the culture is, which is it's a culture of fear, Mm. right? I don't want to get hurt. I don't want you angry at me. I don't want to lose my job or I don't want to work for you. You don't really have my back, whatever it is. So here again, if we move Jennifer and things slow down, Do I treat that as a problem? I, the boss, do I treat that as a problem? Jennifer, come on. You really got to help us here. You guys, come on. You got to help Jennifer. This is, come on. I mean, if I'm doing that, then it's like, this is a problem. Mm. If it's like, this is perfect. This is exactly what's supposed to be happening. Jennifer, you're better today than you were yesterday. I see you working on it and all you guys are helping her out. This is fantastic. You know, the truth of the matter is, the performance is exactly the same. You know, Jennifer's doing what Jennifer's doing. It's only my imprint on it, and I'm creating the culture. I'm teaching people, especially young people, I'm teaching them what to think about what they're experiencing. Yeah, but, you know, if, if you were that first version of yourself where you're on Jennifer and you're, you know, breathing down her neck and you're, all she is going to be thinking about in her head is, oh, God, the boss is on me. Oh, God, why? Like, she's not going to be thinking about the job. She's going to go in a direction, and it's going to be the wrong direction because her mind is going to be taken over by emotion, um, though not the right kind of emotion, and it's going right. to flood her ability to do her job. Um, That's great. I am so with you, Eric. Absolutely. Yeah, but it, and on the other side, if you're that second version where, like, you're just, you know, you know cheering her on – she might be doing the same exact job she was doing the day before, but she's only going to be moving in the right direction with the confidence and the, uh, you know, the 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 positivity. She's going to 
have she's going to move in the right direction. Your job is to push people in the right direction is what I'm hearing from you. And and by the way, which one would signal to Jennifer your boss has your back? Oh, right. Your boss has your yeah. best interest at heart. It's the second one where it's like encouraging and going, I see that you're struggling. That's OK. You're mm-hmm. not in jeopardy. I'm not going to fire your ass. It's OK. Keep going. You can do this. I love it. Um, you mentioned a few words. Uh, the vision is a word that has popped up. Culture is another word that popped up. And while we're on the topic of uh, making people love their work, I really want to dive into your knowledge about the importance of creating a business that serves a higher purpose, uh, one where people are not necessarily going to work for the paycheck, but they're attracted to your business because of what your business stands for. I mean, we're to- totally shooting from the hip right now if you're listening to this. So uh, I don't know if, if you want to go down this road, but if you, you can bet. offer something, please do. Yeah. So listen, I wonder, you you know this population, Eric, the population of people who are running restaurants, starting mm-hmm. restaurants, you know, in that world. Mike, I've got a question for you. Uh-oh. If you picked, no, but if you picked five people, right, who are running their own restaurants and you said, why does your restaurant exist? Mm. Would they have an answer? I would hope so. Uh, really? And what, what might it sound like? Just give me an example. What it, might it sound like? Why does your restaurant exist? To, to make a difference in the world, to, to be the difference you want to see in the world is hopefully what I would, you know, which is why I think we should, reasons like that should be why you open a restaurant or to fulfill your passion or to educate people about uh, sustainability or to, uh, oh, you cool. know, there's so many different things. Uh, there's so many avenues for different passions to form in this industry but at the core of it um i hope you would know i mean there's so many possibilities it's hard to just pick one so so let me start at the top as it were with with the boss i'm gonna open a restaurant or whatever my first question to you would be do you know what your vision is and you just rattled off a bunch of them Mm -hmm. so uh, that takes some reflection it's not just i want to open a restaurant it's the question is why and i do think it takes thought and Okay. I would like to think that you're telling your investors of that, right? The people that you're raising money from, why? Not just like what's going to be on the menu and what the decor is going to look like and how cool it's going to be and what the location is. That's all good. But the why of it. Well, then my question is, if I were to walk into your kitchen now and you've been open for 90 days or two years and I walked into your kitchen and I stopped everybody from the busboy to the dishwasher to the frontline people, whatever it is, and I said, so why does this restaurant exist? I think everybody should say the same thing. Why? Not, yeah, they yep. should be able to answer the question in your words. Mm-hmm. And that means you have to say them every day like religion, mm-hmm. right? It is like going it to church. Silly. <laughs> like, uh, well, but, but it's automatic. Yeah. That it's automatic. Absolutely. Right? So your servers are doing it. Everybody's doing it. And that means that you, the boss, have to be incredibly intentional. And you do have to repeat it like a prayer where you just learn it by rote because you're saying it every day. Yeah. I mean, I, there's so many things we could talk about right now. And I don't want to get too distracted from the, the topic right now, which is uh, getting people to love the work. But, I mean, this gets people pushing in the right direction. So everyone's pulling in the same direction. But beyond that why it's important to getting people why is it important for having for getting people to love the work they do any thoughts on that yeah you bet so listen oh my goodness so i think it is true if you're on a factory floor i think it's true if you're on the restaurant in the kitchen but i also think i believe me i see it all the time in my corporations where you know i've got people who are running groups with hundreds and hundreds of people that they're at the top of the pyramid and all these people down below it the people down below they often don't know how their work is meaningful mm. to the company. Like, I understand I'm doing this report, and I understand that it needs to look like this, and I understand that. Why does it matter? Like, why does this, this report make a difference? If I don't know how my little piece fits into the bigger piece, then I don't much care. Then it feels like I'm working for a paycheck. Yep. But when I can co- go, oh, look, when I produce this – then it goes to that person and they go in front of our clients My and then we get, yep. 
right mm. my work matters and that's why people stay mm-hmm. is my work matters or they feel bad when they're sick like oh my god i'm not there i can't help the team yeah because there's one score being posted but even further like i mean you're you're making a great point like if you're the dishwasher like if if i'm not washing dis- dishes at a rate that keep up with the service like that's gonna throw a wrench in the system that's gonna ripple throughout the entire operation so it's important that even the dishwasher knows that my work matters in the system but beyond that my work matters because the mission of this restaurant is to develop awareness about local farmers and why where we're headed with the economy or the um you know the the impact that sourcing food sustainably has just on our community like we are only sourcing from like local farmers and purveyors, like all that stuff. This all matters in the bigger system. Now you're going to a restaurant where guess what? You're probably making minimum wage, right? So when you could have your choice of any restaurant in time or in town, you want to know that you're working at the restaurant that matters, that makes a difference. Um, any reflection on that? Sorry, I kind of had the floor a little longer than I should have. Um, you're, no, you're the but I, <laughs> no, but I am so with you on that. Wouldn't that be amazing mm. if somebody could walk in back and see the dishwasher and the dishwasher could do that spiel? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Mm-hmm. And again, you happen to hit on something that's kind of ecological and global, but it might be about, you know, bec- uh, and I might be, I don't know. I mean, I'm in Southern California, so I might be from Central America but it might be that I'm working for some guy who's bringing, you know, Polish cooking that his grandmother did. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, from Nicaragua, but I can actually talk about, oh, the owner and his Polish grandmother. And he showed us pictures and he has a mortar and pestle that she brought over from on the boat. And that would be fantastic. Mm. Right. So it doesn't have to be necessarily my vision. Right. It doesn't have to. I just need to know what the vision is. And here again, I think we get back to you as the owner have to be taking time. First off, to get it clear in your own head, but then to communicate it to others. Mm -hmm. And And not to be shy. People often get shy of like, oh, I said that. It's embarrassing. Like, I don't want to say it again. It's like, what? Of course you do. That's how we learn stuff is hearing it a hundred times. Yeah, absolutely. And just to stop and reflect, if if you're in a position where you – haven't opened your restaurant yet, but you're you're dreaming of doing it. Now is the time to think about these things. To think about what it is that's going to be your unique selling proposition. What it is that you know. How is your restaurant going to matter? If you can't answer that before you even approach investors, get clear about that because that's going to be the driving force behind your restaurant. Um, and it's so important too getting people to stay with you. And that's what this whole conversation is about. It's about turnover. It's about uh, keeping people on your team. They need a reason. They need a purpose is what we're talking about. They do. So I'm going to shift our conversation if I can just a little bit and go back to uh, one of the things that I talked about, which is does the boss have your back, right? Another way of saying that is does your boss have your best interest at heart? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that you and I talked about was this idea of, taking time and talking to me. I think that a question that you can ask, especially if someone who's young is where do you want to be in three years? Where do you want to be in five years? What do you want to be doing? Cause you're working for a minimum wage and I really appreciate it. And thanks for showing up. And you're a really important part of the team, but where do you want to be and how might I help you? Mm. And, and the here again, this does not need to be a 60 minute conversation. But if it's a little drip, drip, drip conversation, in other words, I'm going to do it with you maybe two times a week for three minutes, two times a week for six minutes, that is an investment where this person, again, you know, if this is Jennifer going, wow, my boss cares about me. He really wants to know, like, what I want to do. And now I start to dream for myself. I think of ways I can contribute. I bring you ideas. And I feel like you're being invested in me. It does take time, but it's worth it. Boy, there's a huge payoff on this. Tom, I'm so happy you're talking about this. Uh, Listening to you talk, I'm reflecting back to uh, a lesson I learned from episode 12 um, from Chef Robert Burrell of Cafe Provence in uh, Vermont. And it was like probably one of the earliest aha moments I had. And the whole idea of what I learned from him is that it's your job as a restaurant owner, if you want people to stay with you, it's your job to push them out of your restaurant. It's to find mm. out where they're going and helping them get there. And 
it, it seems so counterintuitive, but if you have the mindset that, hey, I realize that 99% of the people that come work for me are in an an in-between place in their life. And I'm going to do whatever I can to be, to have their back, to have their best interests, to connect them with my massive network, to develop the skills that they're going to need to do what it is they want to do. And when you do that, people don't forget you. They might forget what you say. They'll never forget how you made them feel. And when it's time to hire people, they will, or if their younger brother or sister is looking for a job, guess what? You're going to have somebody from the same cut coming up through the ranks uh absolutely i love that you pointed that out thank you so much absolutely i I think it does build not only goodwill it builds people who are devoted Mm. where they they yes they might move on but yeah they connect you to their networks and oh yeah and does that kind of slow down turnover oh boy does it because when people leave they leave, but they'll give you notice. They'll help you find your, their own replacement. They'll, they don't want to leave you in the lurch because they're not trying to screw you. They're not leaving yep. being angry of like, screw you, yep. you know, like, I hope you have problems tomorrow because I hate you. <laughs> it's like, right, they're not doing that. Nope. So that's fantastic. That whole idea of I'm going to literally my vision for you is to help you to your next best thing, not because I want you gone. But because I want the next best thing for yeah. you, that is the actual manifestation of having your best interest at heart. Oh, man. Not, not my best interest at heart. <sighs> I love it. But you notice how uh, I said 99% of the people who come work for you are going someplace else or trying to do something else. There's always going to be that 1% that – and that's the beauty of working with such young people who don't know what they want to do yet. They don't have a direction. They don't have a purpose. But that 1% is going to be the person that – might be interested in one day opening their own restaurant or might have a passion for hospitality or might that's going to be your your a rock star manager that's going to be the person that you use to duplicate yourself and it doesn't happen overnight it takes years but you right. you recognize that one percent and you invest them and you you that's that's how amazing empires are grown by investing in one percent um yep. oh man i'm having a blast talking to you we got to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back. After studying over 300 successful restaurant professionals, I've discovered that to be successful in the restaurant industry, you need skills that go far beyond knowing how to cook. All of our guest mentors are damn near experts on business operations, systems, and culture. That is not a coincidence. That is what it takes to be successful. This is exactly why I tell everyone I know who wants to open a restaurant or is in the restaurant business to get a membership to restaurantowner.com. For only $29 a month, you have access to over 300 templates, including business plans, checklists, forms, manuals, and procedures. In addition, you have countless resources at your fingertips to join a community that has helped over 40,000 restaurant owners make better lives for themselves. Head over to restaurantowner.com slash unstoppable and because you are restaurants unstoppable listeners you will get the first 10 days for only one dollar again that's restaurantsowner.com slash unstoppable whether you're just getting started in the restaurant business or if you're a seasoned veteran there's always something new to learn that never ends But what hasn't changed is the time you get to learn. Tipsy has taken everything you need to know and put it in one easy-to-access location. With Tipsy, you can learn what you want, when you want, by accessing an incredible library of video courses on topics like food and beverage, service, marketing, and business operations. It's basically a one-stop shop for everything you need to run a successful restaurant. You can also use Tipsy as a staff training tool. Through the management platform, you can select the courses that matter to you and schedule them out to your employees in a few simple clicks. Individual memberships are only $9 a month, and as a restaurant unstoppable listener, you receive an extra 50% off your first month. So what are you waiting for? For $4.50, you can have access to this incredible resource right now. Just find the tipsy banner in the show notes. 
All right, we're back. So here's a here's a simple litmus test that I would ask. So give me a guess. Tell me on average how many people are working in a restaurant in in general. Just I, I understand that there's a wide variety, but give me an average. Let's say forty people for different shifts. Okay, great. So I'm the owner, right? I know all forty people. I probably hired all forty of them, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I would ask you as the owner. If we went down that list of 40 people, we wrote every name down, could you tell me who's married? Could you tell me who has kids? Could you tell me who's got a hobby? Could you tell me stuff about your people besides what their job is? Most people wouldn't be able to probably. Right. And I go, hmm, now there's a really simple litmus test. Why would I think that you have my back if you don't even know that I'm divorced and have a kid who's got a handicap? Mm. Like, right? And I've got problems in my life i got shit going on in my life that you don't even know about but you've never asked mm. why would i think you've got my back oh man you're making a great point uh this and is here awesome. again it, it i don't think this is difficult i just think it takes time mm. and time is a challenge i understand time is a really precious resource boo-hoo Get over it. So what? That's what your job is. You're the owner. You're the boss. Make the investment of time. And simple things like, tell me about yourself. Not what do you want to do here. Not what are you good at. Not where did you work last. Tell me a little bit about you. What do you love doing? And, you know, what makes you happy when you're not working? And, right? I mean, again, this doesn't need to be a long conversation. Man, you're just dropping value on us right now. And the whole purpose, the original plan of this conversation was going to be on turnover, but with a focus on <laughs> getting feedback, which is oh. great because we're at like a That's half right. we hour talked about right that. now and we made time for 45 minutes. So we still have 15 minutes <laughs> to talk about uh, what we can do. I think this really ties into uh, three, the uh, what is it? Um, the boss having your back, right? So right. I'm sure this, is, this this works in under that category. So let's talk about the importance of getting feedback, um, the, the topic of today's discussion, which okay. we finally have come to. So first of all, I think feedback happens two ways. It is multidirectional. So let's imagine you're the boss, right? You're going to give me feedback. That's part of how I'm going to get better. If you never give me feedback, I'm going to keep making the same mistake tomorrow that I made today. Mm -hmm. But also, are you getting feedback? Do you know what you could be doing better? Because I think that most people imagine my job, I'm the boss, my job is to just like pass out all this feedback and, you know, shit rolls downhill, right? (laughs) So, that, but the truth of the matter is, it is a two-way thing. So we can talk about feedback on either side, Eric. Number one, me giving it and being effective so that it's really helpful because, again, really good feedback makes you believe that I have your best interest at heart when it's good feedback. That may be counterintuitive, maybe not, but that's one way. And the second way is we can talk about is feedback is how am I going to solicit feedback? And again, you're an hourly worker and it's my restaurant. Like, wow, that's a hard game to play, right? But there are ways to do it. So which way do you want to start? Me giving feedback or me getting feedback? Um, You giving feedback. Wait, are you – is this two different I'm the boss. I'm the boss. Do you want to start talking about the boss giving feedback to the workers or do you want to talk Uh, about the boss getting feedback? I want to give feedback. (laughs) That's me, but uh, I don't know if that's normal. No, but that's great. So <laughs> Maybe listen. that's what I want to do. Will I have the cojones to actually do it? I'll probably say, oh, no, give me feedback. So, but wait, wait. What? You, that's a great thing that you just said. I'd like to give feedback, but I might not because what would stop you from giving me feedback? Uh, being worried for my job. Uh, being worried, you know, have having the boss not on my back because they I say something they might not want to hear. So maybe now that you know, without making it confusing, now that I think about it, it I would probably want to get the feedback first as the employee getting feedback from the boss. Maybe break the ice. Okay, so great. Let's now switch. Okay. So let's talk. You and I are restaurant owners. We've got forty people working for us. We have feedback to give. Okay. And I, and I'm going to say to you as your coach. Your job is to be giving feedback to your people every day, and it is like water on a stone, drip, 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 a little bit at a time. Again, it's not a big call into my office and pound the table. So my question is, are you giving feedback already? Do you give feedback, and what does that sound like? 
Or, or are you maybe, I don't want to give feedback, I don't want to upset people. Or my version of giving feedback is throwing a spatula at you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my version of feedback, right? So what what do you think the kind of standard is at the moment around feedback? What do you see? I, you know, I, obviously it doesn't happen as much as it should. And um, I, I, I mean, ask, ask, if you're listening to this right now, we're asking you, what do you see? Are you seeing feedback? If you don't see it, then I guess that's what we're going to discuss next. How do we give feedback or how should we be giving feedback if we're not doing it the way we should be? Great. So here's the deal. One of the really simple, simple ways to think about feedback. It's about behavior. You don't know the person's intention. You're not judging moral character. It's not right or wrong. It's like, why do you do it that way? That's stupid. What What were you thinking? You're an idiot, mm-hmm. right? That is feedback. It is not good feedback. It certainly does not contribute to doing something I love every day, and it does not contribute to me thinking you have my back. <laughs> so you're gonna take you're gonna take judgment out of it. You're not gonna judge my character. You're simply gonna talk about behavior mm. or or results, right? So here's how I need this plate to look before you put it up. Right. And let me just show it to you. Now you show me yours. Right. Or I'm going to say to someone above you, Jennifer is not doing the plates right. I need that. I need that part of the plate to look different every time. Can you work with her on it? And now I'm going to watch, you know, Jason's going to give Jennifer feedback. Right. And how's Jason doing? If he's got, you know, slapping her hand and going, no, no, what's wrong with you? You now need to coach Jason. Mm. Right. Feedback is behavioral. And results oriented. It also needs to be specific and measurable. So let me just, when I was an actor, we used to have a joke about directors on television. Directors on television were great with cameras and directors of photography and lights and sets and all that. And they often had no clue how to talk to us, the actors. And so the stereotypical horrible director in television used to watch a scene, call cut, then go, okay, we're going to go again. Hey, uh, listen, act better. Like that was direction, act better. What am I supposed to do? What does that mean? Faster, slower, <laughs> happier, darker? Like what the hell? Yeah. That's the same kind of thing. If you say to me, that's not right, that is not feedback. I don't know what, I don't that know what's right. not right. Yeah. Right, mm. right. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what, it needs to be specific and measurable? Do I know what to do differently? And how is it being judged? What tells you that it's not right? That's what you mm, need to teach me. Okay. I, Go. Did, did, did you finish your thought? Because I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. Okay. Um, th- you couldn't have picked a better example because I think that thing of uh, standards or consistency of food coming out of the kitchen is a big challenge for any restaurant owner. Um, so all these things you're mentioning. So what is – uh okay you said you need to be able to compare it to something what were the words you used the the fixed standard or that it needs to be specific and measurable is that what you're asking about yes specific and measurable okay this is the importance of an operations manual with very fine specific standard operating procedures a picture of what every plate should be looking like when it's going out the window that's what it's being compared to that's what it's being measured against um and i love the example of you use when you see something not being done right you do it right and then you show the people like this is what right is supposed to look like now you're not coming down on them you're just simply noticing that the behavior is wrong the food is not coming out the way you want it to, and you're correcting it by just showing them the standard, by not coming down on them, but you're saying this is right. And they are human enough to go, that's not what I did. They'll figure it out on their own without feeling like they're under scrutiny. Is that And by the way, some people, some people cannot see the difference. It's just like it took me a long time to believe that some people actually are tone deaf. <laughs> Right. That you can play two notes on the piano and say which one is higher and they actually cannot tell. Mm -hmm. Some people can't do it. They're in the wrong job. They're in the wrong seat on the bus. Mm -hmm. Don't have that person do the prep. They're in the wrong place. Yeah. And, you know, that might not mean that they can't do something else really well. So don't cut them short, but figure them out. Right. Agreed. So the whole idea here about feedback, I just want to go back. It's got no judgment in it. Right. I'm not going to kind of name call you. I'm going to tell you what I want and I'm going to be specific and I'm going to be measurable. And here's one more piece. I'm going to tell you all the time. Mm. Now, what that also means is 
when there is no problem, that is an opportunity for feedback also. In other words, you did it right, and I say, Eric, I love that. That's the best time for feedback. Am I? Isn't that not, not the best time for feedback? Right. It's well, but here again. Those good behaviors. Yeah, but I think that's hard. We think of feedback as corrective. Mm-hmm. You hit the guardrail, you fix, you know, you turn the wheel. That Why else would I turn the wheel? If I'm not hitting the guardrail, who, who cares, right? People think that the only, that I guarantee you, when, when people heard us say, oh, we're, now we're going to talk about feedback, they're thinking about corrective feedback. Mm. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. It, the guardrails. But but I, what I want to say is when you want to create devoted followers, when you want people to think that you have their best interest at heart, noticing what's right. Oh, it's a oh gift. And it takes nothing besides that was great. I saw what you did. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, That's man. it. It's not even 10 seconds. Uh, when I just recently reflecting on my most recent leadership position, I was always searching for people doing things that was above and beyond that was right. And I would literally yell across the kitchen, like Johnny, I see you over there wiping down the the counter. Like, yeah, buddy. Like the power of not only are you uh, reinforcing that good behavior, but you're just like spewing positive energy everywhere. And it's, People talk about, you know, feeling like you, you you feel like the boss has your back. You feel like you're you you are being loved. You feel like you have a place. Like there's no better way to do it but just to spew positivity onto people. And um, and listen, I think for most of us this is learned. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna guess that most people did not grow up in households where they said, Oh, I love the way you made your bed today. Oh, thanks for putting your socks in the hamper. That's not what most parents do. Most parents are frazzled and they're tired and they've got, you know, kids running around and they're trying to do, live their life. We didn't grow up hearing that as an actual thing. Mm-hmm. What we heard was, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you? Why did you leave the refrigerator door open, right? I mean, well, that's, that's feedback to most of us. Yeah. So partly this is a shift in thinking. So, so and I want to say, Feedback all the time. Drip, 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 Dude, drip, drip. I, oh, you have no idea how amazing your advice is. I mean, I'm sure you do know, but I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> um, I can't help but think, I mean, Danny Meyer setting the table, the whole premise of that book, the title of the book setting the table is comes from a conversation he had with a mentor where Danny was pissed off and stressed out because people weren't doing things the way they were supposed to be done. And he said, Danny, you know, you, you will be miserable until you get to the point where you understand that your job as the manager is to just always apply constant, gentle pressure. And he used the example of setting a table, like Danny, show me where the salt on the table belongs. So Danny put the salt in, in the, the center of the table and then his mentor moved it and Danny mm-hmm. put it back to the center of the table. He's like, perfect. That's your job. Constant, gentle pressure. You know what everything is supposed to be when it's done perfectly. And you're just constantly reminding, giving that feedback in not a negative way, but you're just putting it back. And as soon as, as soon as you accept that that's your job, your life will be much more relaxed because that's what right. you do. So one of the things I think that stresses us all out for example, is when I see a plate going out that is not connected to my vision, it is my vision. Oh my God, all those big picture things and my investors and, you know, I've got rent to make and oh my God, all that. And then we've got an important person out in the restaurant tonight and right, I'm connected to all this bigger stuff. And so I globalize it. And now I get really pissed at Jennifer. Jennifer, what were you thinking? Right. But Jennifer has none of that. Jennifer was just trying to make a plate. So I need to be sure that I don't bring my junk to the feedback, mm-hmm. which, again, is why I'm not going to name call. I'm not going to make it emotional. I'm going to make it specific and measurable and lots of little drips all the time. So that idea about gentle pressure all the time, I think, acknowledges that I, as the boss, frankly, I have pressures that other people do not see. I need to be sure that that doesn't get into my feedback mm-hmm. to my 40 people. It doesn't belong there. Mm-hmm. It is not their pressure. It's mine. And I chose it. My job is to help develop my people, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, great. And uh, one of the things you mentioned very early in this interview, um, the kind of come full circle, is one of the reasons why we don't have the time to give this feedback or the time to show the people that we ha- that we appreciate them is time. We just don't have the time because there's so much going on. 
Um, if you don't have an operations manual, if, if you don't have systems, processes, procedures, standards, protocols, that is another example of constant gentle pressure. And like you said earlier, you need that something that is the right way to com- to compare it to. Um, if you don't have those standards and people there's there's drift people have different versions of what done right looks like yeah if you want to create time paint a picture of perfection for your team so they can always reference back to something uh, and then train your people to not have to go to you get them to look at the systems the processes the procedures that's constant gentle pressure automated um so take the time. And if you need help with that, I mean, check out restaurantowner.com, one of my sponsors, and they have the framework. to. They built all those things out. Plug plug this these tools into your restaurant. It's a great resource. Uh, so I would also ask, by the way, are you efficient with your onboarding? In other words, are they getting are, – is somebody being hired and then thrown in the deep end of the pool and you haven't even figured out if they know how to swim yet? Mm. Because there again, you're just going to create chaos. And I want to say, actually, that's not about them. That's about you. You yep. just created a problem. Yep. So, and again, onboarding takes time. Everybody has to slow down. Everybody has to slow down to onboard somebody. So it's, it is a drag. Which is why it's a reality. is expensive. <laughs> right. And yep. it's why you want to reduce your turnover. Exactly. Right? So it's this idea of going slow at first to go fast later. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's hard. If you're if you're in the situation where you see people are having these problems, if they're making mistakes, it's not them. Stop. Ask yourself, what can I be doing? What tools can I be providing to serve my people so they do the job right? Because you're when there's a, a, a trend in things going wrong, it's never your people's fault. It's almost always your fault. Uh, maybe that's too cut and dry. Maybe that's I no. But I, I I didn't say no, it nicely. But I, I, but <laughs> I think it's a great I think it's a great vision for the owner to just simply assume the responsibility. It is like being the parent of like, look, my child is independent and my child is its own creature, but I certainly have an influence and everything that I say or everything that I don't say makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Maybe not for the whole life, but certainly for today and what comes next in the next three minutes, right? Yeah. So that's true, I think, for you as the owner or the boss that you're creating the culture, you're creating the climate, and you're gonna create whether you're you've got devoted followers who are going to leave or stay. Mm. Man, I, there's so many things I want to talk about right now. Things that we could just keep on going. Trust me, I could keep on going, but I just looked at, at our time. Man, we're at uh, 47 minutes, and I Woo-hoo. know you only have so much time available for us. So are there any final points you want to make? Anything that it was just at the tip of your tongue you didn't get a chance to share with us? I don't want to cut you short. That Now's the time. I, you know, I I love what we've talked about today. It we've talked blessed. about so many things. So I, I wouldn't add anything to it. I mean, I would do a recap, but no, Eric, I think I think we did great. This is good. <laughs> yeah, man, it was a, a true pleasure, Tom, having you on the show. And uh, I wrap up every episode. I don't think I give you a heads up on this, so I apologize. I, I feel like you'll be great. Um, okay. Who is one person, uh, preferably an indie restaurant operator that you admire, somebody who's just doing an amazing job with their business uh, that you think would be a great guest mentor on the show. And that's actually how I found you. Uh, we recently had, uh, wow, the name's Dave, Sto- yes. Dave Stahoviak. Just recently, Dave was amazing. He suggested I get in touch with you. I'm glad I did. Who, If you can't think of a restaurant operator, no big deal. It's somebody who you think can provide value to our audience. Wow. Uh I might turn you on to Meredith May. Mm. Meredith May um, is the executive editor of the Tasting Panel magazine. And so she is big in the wine industry, especially here in California, and has been doing it for a long, long time, has deep vision around that sector. Okay. So if if wine is something that you're interested in, I would send you to Meredith. All right. Meredith, look out. I'm coming after <laughs> you. I'd love to get you on the show. And um man, I guess let the folks at home know if uh we want to connect with you. Uh if we want to maybe pick up the conversation, maybe we want to check out your podcast. Uh let's leave Great. some calls to action here. Great. So 
My company's name is Essential Communications. The website is EssentialCom.com, EssentialCom with two Ms. There are uh, 12 years worth of podcasts and executive coaching tips on the website. It's all free. It's all available. And the, the podcast, which is available all over, is called The Look and Sound of Leadership. It's about 15 minutes an episode. comes out once a month. I love doing it. I'm glad to have <laughs> you as a subscriber, man. It's awesome. It's, it is a great podcast. One that if I were a restaurant owner, I would make my manager subscribe to right now. Um, <laughs> cool. It's beautiful. <laughs> and again, uh, this I don't know if I said it yet, but this is episode 298. So head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 298. You'll find the links to uh, or you know to the podcast. Uh, Tom's podcast, and you'll find a link to restaurantowner.com. It was mentioned in the summary of today's discussion all right there. Really, I got my work cut off for me. It's going to be fun to summarize this one, but I I love it. Good luck, Uh, man. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for coming on the show. There is no questioning, man. You are unstoppable. Woohoo! Thanks. Well, I think we can all agree that there was a ton of great advice from our guest today. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. And guys, the reason why I uh, chose this topic is because the number one answer to the question I asked my guest, what's your current challenge, is with turnover. Um, that's a big challenge right now. So we don't just have to be a victim to that challenge. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be there. I mean, that challenge is going to be there, but we can lessen the blow by creating a restaurant that people want to come work for uh, and pivoting our mentality to come from a place of service, a place where, you know, coming from a place where we understand that it's our job to serve the people that work for us. And, yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. I, 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 I get it. I understand that there's a ton of challenges and there's very little wiggle room. We, we, we don't stop all day. We're going, we're going, we're going. There's only so much time. But, I mean, this podcast is about being unstoppable. It's not about getting by. And if you want to be unstoppable, you've you've got to do these extra things. You've got to go the extra mile. You've got to come from this place of service, of this servant leadership mentality. Um, and, I mean, one of the things we can do, one of the big takeaways from this episode for, for me was uh, making the time. And there's things we can do to make the time, guys. We can automate our business. If you haven't read The E-Myth by Michael Gerber, that's one place to start. Create a business that's dependent on systems, processes, procedures, not a system that's dependent on people. What do I mean by that? Uh, when a, a restaurant's dependent on people, that means if you take certain people out of that restaurant, your restaurant's going to collapse because nobody knows what to do. Don't create that, that situation for yourself. Make the restaurant dependent on the systems and then put people into the systems. And what that's going to do is it's going to enable you to remove yourself from the day-to-day where you can then make time for your people. Make time to get to know your people. Make time to create impact in the lives of the people you touch and to develop them, to mentor them, to duplicate yourself. So now you have more than one of you running around. You, you've developed these other people who get it like you get it and can do the things that you can do. These things take time. I get it. It can take years to get to the point where you've developed a foundation of people around you that uh, can do what you do. But the, the time to start is now, and it starts with creating a turnkey business uh, so you can do the things that only you can do, which is developing your people. I mean, that's where you should be focused. If you're a business owner, you're focusing on improving your business and you're working on your business, not in your business. And since this is such a people-focused business, when you're working on your business, you're working on your people. You're investing in them. You're giving them the tools they need to be successful so you don't get angry. So you're not blowing up and you're not pissing people off and making them want to go work someplace else. Um, it's a lot of work. I'm not going to lie, but you got to start today. When was the best time to plant your tree? 20 years ago. When's the next best time? Right now. So if you guys want more episodes like this, shoot me an email, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. Tell me where the pain is. Tell me where it hurts. 
I can use this podcast to get access to the greatest minds in the industry, people who know what to do and can tell us how to do it and where to start. And I'm here to learn right beside you guys, but you're in the trenches. You're, you guys are you're going through it every day. You're feeling the hurt, and I need to know where that hurt is uh, to you know alleviate the pain. And uh, I'm here to serve you. Please know that. Shoot me an email, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. Anytime you want to chat, set up those one-on-one chats. Uh, head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash one-on-one. Uh, if I don't ha- have your answer, I will follow up with you. I will get the answer for you. Or maybe, at the very least, I'll be somebody to help you think out loud. Um, and yeah, uh, who inspires you? Who is killing it in your community? Who is somebody you look up to as just somebody who just who just knows what they're doing as a restaurateur. Let me know who they are. I'll get them on the show. We'll learn from them together. Uh, I want to make this a very uh, communal podcast, a, a podcast where we're you know starting conversations on Facebook around the interviews I'm doing. Like, engage with me, guys. I, I, I want to hear from you. I want to. Uh, I want this thing to be friggin' awesome. Uh, so let's let's make it happen. And uh, just a thank you to anybody who's left a review, who's used my links, who's shared this podcast. Um, You guys have no idea how much uh, all that stuff helps. So thank you so much. Um, Keep doing what you guys are doing. Keep learning. Keep growing. Uh, You'll get there. Love you all. Until next time. Peace out.